0: Everything peaked in the nineties. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. With Music, that. Mm-hmm. TV shows, movies, our society as general.
1: Open the pod bay doors, Hal.
2: You like Huey Lewis in the news?
1: A date which will live in infamy.
0: I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
2: Hello, everyone. Um, it is a beautiful September day. Um, I'm excited for fall, you know? Um, horror movies. I start watching horror movies September 1st, sometimes even in August if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling funky. I, uh, I love fall to death. Oh my god. I mean, I don't like to be cold, but I don't know. There's something about the vibe of fall and even into winter. By February, or more so by January, basically after Christmas, I'm sick of winter. But um, overall, I would say I like I like winter more than I like summer. Um, but fall, man. fall. I wish it could be fall all year long. Fun fact about Yakima. Um, if you like fall and if you like spring, you're out of luck when it comes to living in Yakima because um, Yakima, Washington, because um, it seems as though, and I don't know, this could be the case for a lot of other places, but um, in Yakima, I swear to God, it's just six months of winter, six months of summer, and that is it. Fall and spring seem non-existent as time goes by here in Yakima, Washington. Let me know if you can relate. Um, Who knows? Maybe this is a global warming issue. I don't know, but... um, God, it's frustrating. It's pretty much a desert here. Just six months of freezing my tits off, and then six months of um, sweating my balls off. And that is Yakima. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this this fall season while it lasts, and um, next thing you know, it'll be freezing. Yeah, so welcome to the Clift Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Let me take a sip of my coffee here. What is this, episode four? I think so. And we're gonna be having my grandfather on today, Dan Roberts. It's a very special, exciting episode. Been wanting to have him on for a while, and um, we're gonna be talking about lots of stuff. We're gonna be talking about old Hollywood and um, old cinema, old movies, old movie stars. Um, maybe some, you know, talk about Norm Macdonald and things of that nature. Haven't recorded it yet, so we're gonna we're gonna see what we're gonna see what happens. I'm sure it'll be exciting. We want to talk to him about, you know. Clint Eastwood movies, old westerns, and stuff like that for a while, because it's always fun talking with him about that. So stick around if you're interested in that, or skip ahead if you're extra excited for um, that portion of this episode. Um, and then we're going to be talking about uh, Norm McDonald, like I said a little bit during the interview, and maybe um, I think in the outro specifically. Um, recently passed, Norm Macdonald, comedian, legend. I'm very excited to talk about that, um, talk about him. He's a very funny guy, um, very sad that he passed away, um, passed away today actually, on, while I'm recording this, um, the 14th of September. Very sad, um, very funny man, very funny man, and uh, you know, uh, I watched quite a bit of him, to be honest, so uh, it's one of those one of those few celebrity deaths that I can say that, you know, I can actually, you know, ha- had, a, had a bit of an impact on me. I, I don't typically like those people who use celebrity deaths to make themselves seem special, so I'm not gonna be overdoing it, but um, it's somebody who um, who I have watched in my life, and I did have you know feel like I had kind of a connection with. Um, I would say, I mean, out of all of the celebrities in my life who have passed away, I would say Norm Macdonald, um, Alex Trebek are two that come to mind that were the like the the most saddening because um, we did watch a lot of Jeopardy, um, and um, but yeah, Norm, Norm Macdonald is a sad one too. And then other than that, I would say maybe Robin Williams. Um, and I hadn't seen very many Robin Williams movies when he passed because I was still pretty young, but um, I remember that that was a big deal when he passed away. And then when Michael Jackson passed away, that was a big deal too. But I was just so young; I was just I was like, "Who's Michael Jackson? Is that the the white black man who touches his crotch?" I didn't really know who that is. But um, I remember that being a big deal. I remember that being a big deal. Um, other than that, I can't really. I mean, Chadwick Boseman because he was. Obviously, that was just a random one. That was just so random, but nonetheless, Norm Macdonald, very sad, um, very sad passing. Not gonna be ha- hamming it up though. We're just gonna be talking about, you know, his his humor, his legacy, and him as a comedian, and what he um, man, I'm sorry, I I can't fucking breathe. I this mic is so sensitive. I feel like I can't fucking breathe. Um, there we go, there we go. So Norm Macdonald, my grandpa. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good episode. Make sure you stick around. Um. After the interview, like I said, we're going to be talking about Norm, good old Norm, and I guess question of the day for you. Well, I exhale. How do you think um, modern cinema, modern film, and comedy compares to that of the old? It's just something I've been thinking about quite a bit lately, and um, especially you know with Norm passing today, just thinking about how comedy has changed, and you know he very much so represents like that era of comedy where people just said. Who gives a shit who's offended? And um, I I can't help but wonder, you know, if if comedy is going to change for the worse, maybe it already has. So that's my question of the day. I think we're going to be exploring that subject today quite a bit. Um, I I do expect, like I said, to talk about old Hollywood with my grandpa and, you know, maybe how that compares to modern day cinema. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, I have a film recommendation. Let me take a sip of my coffee and breathe for a second. (sighs) Hmm. Maybe I could just lean back a little bit. Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, yeah, film recommendation for today. We're gonna cheat two weeks in a row. Um, my new my new movie. I made a movie, I don't know if you knew. Um, it's called Driftwood or the Seashell. Um, it's my newest short film, it's about 10 minutes. Um, the synopsis, a mysterious tape recorder washes ashore, giving those in need an empty canvas. So make sure you go check it out. It's free on this YouTube channel. You can go watch it right now. I don't even care if you leave this episode and go watch it. Um, I'm a filmmaker that's what i want to do i want to make movies so make sure you uh go check out my movies if you enjoy this podcast um so yeah go check that out um appreciate everybody who's watched it so far and leaving all the kind words it's been it's been really really um uplifting so thank you to those who have seen it and have left uh, comments and reviews on letterbox and stuff so it's been awesome so yeah make sure you go check it out if you haven't seen it please let me know what you think that would mean the world um and then yeah i guess um, for this intro here, this portion of today's episode, I just kind of wanted to talk about um, um, some Marvel movies because I did watch um, Shang Chi recently, and uh, I, I guess the Hawkeye trailer came out yesterday, and I haven't actually seen it yet, so I'm gonna be um, gonna be reacting to that. Not reacting, I hate that word. I'm just gonna be watching it, just watching it because I was like, I hadn't seen it yet, so we might as well watch it on the podcast. If you're listening to this, it might be a little bit of an awkward portion, um, but I'll make sure to narrate the trailer as it goes. Um, so, hey, if you're listening, make sure you tune into the YouTube, you can, uh, you can get video, it won't be so weird. Um, but yeah, so I saw Shang-Chi. What did I think of Shang-Chi? Well, um, I had no expectations for Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, sorry, I should make sure to correct myself. Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, I wouldn't want to sound too white. Um, so, yeah, I watched Shang-Chi and, um, I didn't have many expectations going in, it didn't look that great to me, to be honest. It it looked kind of. Um... What my theories were about Shang Chi is that, in in the current state of Marvel, is that Marvel is beginning to look more and more Disney as time has gone on, and less and less like Marvel. And when I say that, I think it's it's kind of hard to express exactly what that means. But if you get it, you get it. You know, it's just, if you've seen, like me, like all of the new Disney movie trailers, you see the formula, you see exactly, um, every, how every one of, like, those live action Disney movie trailers, they're all, like, the exact same fucking trailer, they're all promoted, they just all look like the exact same movie, and, um, I've noticed that about the Marvel trailers lately. They're all marketed like Disney movies, especially Shang-Chi and especially... Shang-Chi, excuse me. Especially um, Shang-Chi and especially Eternals. Um, the first movies in, like the, in the MCU were they very much so are marketed like movies like Dumbo or Beauty and the Beast or things like that. They just feel the exact same. They have a Disney energy to them, not a Marvel energy. And uh, again, if you get me, you get me. If you don't, you don't. It's really hard to express exactly what that means. Um, but it's just its just a vibe. It's a vibe that the trailers emote. And so my theory was that the movies are going to also be this way. And I was proved correct watching this film. And I'm worried now for um, Eternals. Because to be honest, Eternals looks even more so um, like a Disney movie than Shang-Chi um, did originally. Um, Eternals looks straight up just like Marvel has nothing to do with it, to be honest with you. Um, and some people would say that's a good thing, but, you know, it's still, still got, um, Disney's claws in, in the, in the film, it seems as though that's, that's the case. And I mean, and, an, one example to help further explain what, I, or try to help further explain what I mean is, I mean, just look at the Star Wars films. I mean, a lot of people seem to like, um, you know, The Force Awakens and, Some people like The Last Jedi, some people don't, and then especially with The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, regardless of whether you like these new Star Wars movies or not, they're very Disney. They're very Disney compared to even the prequels and the originals, obviously. Um, And again, it's hard to fully explain what that means. You just kind of know it when you see it. Disney's vibe, disneys you can just feel the, the claws, the polished perfectionism. Of the Disney trailers and the movies, it's just it's just ingrained in these movies, and um, I don't think that was the case for maybe pre um, Infinity War in the MCU. Um, I think that this is very much a new thing. I think it's been a slow transition, but I think with Shang Chi and Eternals, it's going to be a huge, just a huge, um, huge leap forward in terms of um, kind of the MCU being pushed aside and Disney just taking over completely. Um, excuse my this mic is just so sensitive sorry <clears throat> so yeah and i think like i said that's the case with these newer star wars movies um you may disagree you may agree i don't know but it's just it's just a vibe that these that all of these trailers have given off and then some of the movies as well and i think sh- i think shang chi like i'm not even convinced i watched a marvel movie i think we watched this two two days ago i'm not convinced that was a marvel movie i'm not even convinced that was in the mcu it was so such a strange experience i it felt as though i had just watched um like a live action mulan or a live action um onward i'm i'm, I'm almost positive that was an onward live action adaptation um it, it's it's just such a strange strange feeling and i mean I, I don't think it's so much i said this in my um in my snake eyes review um on letterboxd uh if you remember, if anybody remembers Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins, um, I think people are craving these kung fu movies more than Hollywood realizes. Um, and I think, I think um, you know, you can't really lump Mortal Kombat into this category because um, because Mortal Kombat is inherently more um, mystical, magical, whatever you want to say. It's a you know the concept is out of this world for sure. So you can't, I don't know if this necessarily applies to Mortal Kombat, but, um, I don't think, like, with Shang-Chi and G.I. Joe, um, they're these kung fu movies that, you know, that kind of promise a lot of this, like, exciting Jackie Chan-esque action, and then by the end they become this just mystical, uh, you know, CGI fest, and it's just, like, why? I mean, I know, I understand this is a comic book movie, I, I, I get that. And I know, you know, the MCU is a universe where magic stones can erase, you know, half of mankind or half of all existence or whatever. You know, I get that. I get that logic has been basically thrown out of the window at this point, time travel, whatever. But is it too much to ask for just like a grounded kung fu fight action movie? Like, even if it's in the MCU, and especially with Snake Eyes, I just, I just don't understand. I don't know if anybody's seen Snake Eyes. But it was very frustrating because by the end of the movie there was just a giant snake, there was magical rocks, and it was just like why why? Why couldn't this just be like a grounded, fun kung fu action movie? It could have been great. And I kinda wish the same I, I wished Shang Chi would have, you know, done that as well. I mean again, I can't really I can't really be as upset with Shang Chi and Mortal Kombat as I can with maybe Snake Eyes. But regardless, I still don't think there was any reason for this movie to get as g- grand scale-wise as it did by the end. It's just, it's very frustrating. I mean, there's one scene, there's that bus scene that's in the trailer that's like the one kung fu action, you know, exciting scene. And then there's one more that gets a little bit bigger um, that you've also kind of seen in the trailers. And then that's it. And then the rest is just like a, it's just a CGI fest with dragons and and magic stuff, and explosions, and dragons, and- did I already say dragons? I- I don't know. It's- it was unnecessary. It felt very unnecessary to me. Like, if there, if there was any movie that should have been more grounded, it should have been this one. Like, I understand he wears the fucking rings on his arm, and- uh, it makes him immortal, and he gives him all this magic and shit. I get that, but does it all, does it need to get, does, does, does there need to be dragons? I guess that's my question. Does there need to be dragons? And I mean, I don't know. I just wanted something more grounded. I wanted, I wanted it to be more small-scaled. I wanted, I mean, you look at this movie, you look at Shang-Chi, and um, you compare it to the first movie in this universe, Iron Man. It's like, we're here, you know we've we've gone from iron man 1 to this and it's i just don't understand why it's so necessary that we have to have you know these end of the world um events happen in every movie now and there needs to be some huge action scene where they're riding dragons and shit i mean i just don't understand we started with iron man 1 like the most gro- one of the most grounded superhero movies in my opinion and uh, now here we are, and it just feels unnecessary, it just feels so unnecessary, and I'm, and I'm a huge Marvel apologist, and I will probably remain one for at least a little while longer, um, but it's, I'm starting to get frustrated, I'm starting to get frustrated, if you know me, you know I love Marvel movies, you know I've defended them, you know, even the last couple of years when pe- it seemed like a lot of people were kind of um, jumping off the Marvel bandwagon and starting to shit talk Marvel and you know be all pro DC I was always kind of like in Marvel's defense and and now here we are you know post Black Widow and post Shang-Chi and post the 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 new Disney plus shows setting aside Loki and I guess setting aside Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. so I guess more so WandaVision I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated I'm starting to see the things that people were saying maybe a year or two ago and I'm starting to actually believe that to be true now and then it's funny, it feels like there's a switch. It feels like some of those people that were kind of down on Marvel one or two years ago are now, you know, seeing Shang Chi seeing Black Widow are, are kind of more positive about Marvel again. So there's this weird disconnect for me with like the general audiences on these Marvel movies right now. I, I don't I don't fully understand. I don't fully understand. I'm very disconnected. Not to say Shang Chi's horrible. It's not a horrible movie. Or even really Black Widow, I guess. It's just, I'm starting to get sick of it. I'm starting to get sick of it. Not even necessarily the Marvel formula, the Disney formula, and just the superhero genre also. I'm starting to get sick of it. Um, And I mean, I'll still show up. I'm still excited for Spider-Man. You know, I'm not necessarily excited for Eternals, to be honest. Because it looks like it's going to be the exact same thing as Shang-Chi for me. But we'll see. I mean, there's only so many times I can watch people shoot laser beams at an enemy... And be interested, right? So, I don't know. Um, I guess that's so. I have the. I'm. I'm, I guess I'm in this weird place with Marvel right now. I have a very strange relationship with Marvel at this moment in time. Um, They won me over with Loki. They disappointed me with Black Widow, and I'm disappointed again with Shang Chi. So we're just. It's just gonna. We're just gonna have to see what happens. Um, I don't expect Eternals to win me around. I think Spider-Man three will be a huge one. I mean, if they disappoint me with Spider-Man three, No Way Home, um, then I'm not sure how to feel anymore. I'm not really sure how to feel. I think, regardless of what happens, though, I am starting to feel that superhero fatigue, which I kind of rolled my eyes at for quite a few years. It took me a while longer to get to get fatigued with it. I'm starting to. I'm starting to. Um, and I think, I think more specifically, like I've already said a million times, just Disney fatigue. I'm just getting, I'm just getting so tired of it. It just, it feels like I'm watching the same movie over and over and over again. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a shame. I wish, I, I wish, I also wish I would have liked either Mortal Kombat or Snake Eyes, all three movies, which, you know, m- were definitely made to kind of, you know, um, I don't know if "panders" is the right word to, you know, Asian audiences and Asian, um, box office um, box offices and, and things of that nature. They're definitely making... They're not really... They're not... Disney's not making movies for Americans anymore. They're making movies for China. I mean, let's be real here. And that's fine, I guess. Um, I just want a good movie. That's that's all I want. I wish... I wish um, I would have enjoyed Mortal Kombat or, and, and Snake Eyes and in this one. But unfortunately, I didn't really enjoy I, either... I, any of them. Um, I don't even know which one I would say I liked the most. Maybe Mortal Kombat. But all the things I liked about Mortal Kombat were all in the trailer. So... It's tough. I wish I wish I would have liked one of them. Um, so I guess that's that's my Marvel rant, I guess. Um, I'm still trying to remain positive. Um, so what did I like about Shang-Chi? Um, I guess... And spoilers, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I could just end up spoiling something. I'm not really sure. So just be be aware that I might spoil something. I liked the main guy. Um, I don't remember what his name is. Um... There, it there he is. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. I don't feel like it. But he was good. He was very good in the movie. Better than I expected. I liked the, the 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 actor who played the dad. Um, he was really good. Um, Ben Kingsley was in this movie. Um, I have no idea why. Um, he has almost no right being in this movie. It it his role almost makes absolutely just no sense. But he was probably the best part in the movie. He was funny. He has this really funny bit where. He's talking about how he um, saw Planet of the Apes and that helped him become an actor because he because he um, realized that there weren't actually um, real um, monkeys or apes in Planet of the Apes. They were monkeys slash apes that were acting. They were actors. They were acting monkeys. That was a really funny bit. I really liked that part. Does it make any sense? Absolutely not, but whatever. That was my favorite bit, probably, and um, there were, again, the, the bus scene's good, the bus scene's really good. We got two cool action bus scenes this year, and Nobody and G- Shang-Chi, so that's that's great. I just wanted more of it. That's the sad thing, when you watch a, a, a scene in a movie like this that you don't really love and the scene itself shines so so um, so um bright because you just want more of it. It's almost disappointing that there's one really good moment because you, re- you realize, oh, these are capable filmmakers that are, you know, we can get some cool shit. And it just, it's unfortunate that there's only one scene that I loved. So that was a good scene. There was that, you know, that scene in the trailer where he's fighting that guy in the mask. And there's the the knife that he catches mid-fight. Mid and that's a really cool bit. And other than that, like, I don't know. There's there's some cool locations. There's some cool costume design. Again, it feels like you're watching a live-action Mulan or a live-action Onward Um it felt like i'd seen this movie a million times there's moments that i that i smiled or that i was enjoying myself a little bit you know but overall i just kind of felt how did i feel i guess i felt similar i don't know i might i think i liked black widow more and if you watched one of the more recent episodes on here i i didn't really like black widow i thought black widow was pretty generic so that that i think that tells you all you really need to know about how i feel about this movie i mean it's not bad but I think Black Widow is even a little bit more unique than this thing. I, I don't know. I felt like... They they do try really hard with the father-son relationship. Um, they try really hard, but again, I mean, there's... I feel like I've seen the, the same thing done. I mean, the father-son relationship in a, in a movie, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, and they don't do very... They don't really do anything unique with it. Um, again And again, the, the, the villain he's just a power hungry guy, money, power blah. And then there is an interesting aspect with his with him and his um him and his wife that I thought was kind of cool. Um and he thinks obviously that he can bring her back, but he's blind because he's so, you know, he's grieving her so much that he can't see clearly, I suppose. That was kind of a cool thing, but again, it's not by by the end the, by the Climax of the movie, the big fight with the dragons and everything, I just was... I don't know. And I, it wasn't wasn't for me. It really wasn't for me. And then there's the classic Marvel thing that people have been... Again, these are things that people have been saying for years, but I'm finally... It's finally something that I'm picking up on, which is so weird. It took me a long time. I think it's because I was more forgiving with Marvel because I loved the characters and the movies were all good. You know, it, I mean, I don't. They might have been. There might have been shticks. There might have been, you know, things that made your eyes roll or g- made you annoyed or whatever. But I forgived those things because I enjoyed the, the, the series enough. I enjoyed the characters. But things like, um, the. Uh, the self-awareness in marvel movies where they kind of have to poke fun at how ridiculous everything is. They do this in this movie right after the climax with the main character in Aquafina. They um they uh they're sitting at a dinner explaining the whole movie to their friends and it's like played off as a joke because it's so ridiculous and these and their their civilian friends are just like, "Oh, haha, that's so funny" or whatever. Um and that, it, that was the first time I was like, okay, that self-awareness is annoying. That really does, that's that's it's starting to bug me. Especially because this movie gets so unnecessarily big and ridiculous with the dragons and with the other realm and shit and all this stuff. It's, it's unnecess- it, it annoys me, especially when they're poking fun at the ridiculousness of the plot, when the plot didn't need to be ridiculous. It could have been more grounded, it could have been more simple. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Shang-Chi. Um that's basically how I feel. I don't really have anything else to say. Maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on it. I don't know. Tell me what you think. I mean, again, I feel very out of sync with these Marvel movies as of late. And it's it's unfortunate. I hope I hope Eternals is good. I hope I'm wrong about Eternals. Um if I like Eternals, I'm going to be very confused about the state of Marvel. I'm expecting not to like it, but I will keep an open mind. It it definitely looks different f- from, from a Marvel standpoint, but it looks samey-samey as far as a Disney standpoint. So, we'll see what happens. Oh, huh, Christ. Yeah, so, um... I guess we'll watch the Hawkeye trailer, because while we're on the Marvel subject... I spent... Fucking... God, I, I spent, like, no joke, like two hours trying to figure out how to hook my recorder up to my computer to record the audio. It was ridiculous, but I figured it out. So, yeah, we're gonna try out this, um reacting thing on a podcast. Sorry again if if you're listening to this. Um I'll, uh, hopefully this isn't too awkward. Um, maybe this will be a fun segment. We'll see what happens. So yeah, I'm I'm going gonna, gonna to watch the Hawkeye trailer. Never seen it. Um the Disney Plus show. Hope it's good. We'll see what happens. Here we go.
0: This is the first Christmas we've had together in years.
2: I love you guys. It's supposed to be a Christmas I'm making movie. Making up for some lost time.
1: Authorities are wondering if the masked vigilante who terrorized the city's underworld is back.
2: Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that, um, what's-her-face from Black Widow, the sister, I can't remember her real name, um, I hope that she is the villain of the series, because they do set that up at the end of Black Widow. I hope they follow through with it. I think that would be interesting.
1: The past is caught up with me. Should we be worried? No, no, it's nothing. I'll be home for Christmas. I
2: promise. While wow, they're really going with it, the Christmas shit. When I wore this suit,
1: I made a whole lot of enemies.
2: Is this directed by Shane Black? <laughs> Hmm.
0: Oh, it's just some christmas.
2: okay well they're really going hardcore with the christmas aspect i hope they actually follow through hope it's not just edited like a christmas show and then you watch it and it's like oh yeah it's just it's christmas i like i hope it's like an actual big um plot element um i don't know i guess it looks good um i like the vibe of the trailer it's um very it gets me in the Christmas spirit that's for sure maybe I'm just an idiot but I thought Haley Steinfeld's character was actually his daughter in the show so now I know that's not the case um which you know I think that's probably more interesting I I was like "Eh, I don't know if it's just gonna be Hawkeye and his daughter running around I'm not sure if that's how that's gonna be um but yeah I guess it looks good um I don't really know what the plot is or who the villain is maybe I wasn't paying enough attention but um yeah I guess it looks okay um yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll say that. I'll watch it after. If if I didn't like Loki, I probably wouldn't be watching this. To be honest with you, but I liked Loki. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was, it justified its exis- existence. Excuse me, justified its existence, and I and I enjoyed a couple of the episodes a lot in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So because of that, I'm gonna give this a shot. I like Jeremy Renner, um, and you know I think it's it's good that Hawkeye is finally getting a, a you know his own. His time to shine, I guess you could say. I feel like he's never really been given that opportunity. So, I guess, I guess, color me interested. Yeah, Um. don't really have that much to say, though. Um, I, I, I kind of wish Shane Black was directing it. Maybe I'll have to look. Directed by... Not Shane Black. Okay, well, still. Still, still, still. I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm not... Extremely excited, but I'm interested. It comes out in November. Okay. Okay. I guess we'll check it out. That's all I really have to say um, about the Marvel stuff. Let me know what you thought of Shang- Shang-Chi, and let me know anything of the Hawkeye trailer. Um, keep the discussion going, and make sure you comment and you like this video so more people can find it. That'd be awesome. Comment as m- many times as you possibly can, and please leave me some questions because I want to do some Q&A segments. Um, that would be awesome. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's it. Um, we're gonna be talking to my grandfather, Dan Roberts. Again, like I said previously, um, my grandfather. Um, this is a long-awaited episode. I've been excited to do this. It's kind of one of the the ones that I've been wanting to do the most since I even thought about doing my own podcast. Um, um, my grandpa is one of the you know the best grandpa you could possibly ask for. I would say um, he's um, he's a man of many hats. He's a very funny person. He's uh, very fun to be around. Um, he's a, he, he can he can tell some really funny stories um, in very unique ways. He's just an overall good presence. My grandpa, my grandfather. Um, he's been a creative collaborator in the past. Um, I've worked with him for years on on films and projects that haven't even seen the light of day, but some that have. And you might know him, you might recognize him from some of the RC films. Where he played uh, Harold in a uh, not so amazing Caleb's grandpa in the movie, um, one of his best performances I would say. And then he played the hobo in Living with Trevor if you remember that. So he's he's a bit of an actor. He's a bit of an actor. He's um he's a he's a creative, funny person, and um, he shines in front of the camera. What can I say? That's why we keep casting him and stuff. And he's a a person who often gives no shits. And I admire that about him, and that's something that I wish I could adopt in my own life, and I will sometimes seek advice from him when I'm wishing to feel the the same way, because I often give too many shits. So sometimes I'll go to him and say, how do I give less shits? And he'll say, give no shits. That's never happened, but, I mean, that's, that's kind of like an exaggerated version of things that have happened. I, I do go to him for advice when I when I when it when the when it's necessary and he'll say, Eh, fuck him. Who cares? That's more so what happens. And overall, my grandpa is a young person at heart, he'll always say. He's he's always trying to maintain his inner child, and that's something I also hope to be doing when I'm his age. And uh, most of all, he's a dork just like me. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm very excited to talk with him. Um, we've never done anything like this, so it's going to be fun. Um, I hope you enjoy. I'm sure he hopes you enjoy as well. So, here is my dog's chewing on, Lulu, can you chew on that somewhere else? So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my grandfather.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's much better.
2: I appreciate
0: the sarcasm. Artificial bushes don't help
2: my appearance. (laughs) Okay. And so you can kind of adjust it. That's fine. You might need to pull it towards your face a little bit. You kind of move it up and down like this. And you can kind of... Like that? Yeah, you can kind of... of, How
0: about that bow?
2: Hmm. It's okay.
0: It didn't stay.
2: Turn how you're gonna turn.
0: That's pretty good. Is that good right there, you think? Probably, that's probably fine. Maybe down a little bit, there we go. Mm -hmm. Okay, that should be good.
2: All right, so go ahead, put your headphones on.
0: Oh, I gotta put these on.
2: Kind of get the cord so it's comfortable and not in the way too much.
0: How do you make these smaller? There there okay okay now am i gonna be able to hear you through here
2: yep oh yeah <laughs> yes sir okay okay so we always start this out and i ask the person sitting across from me uh what their favorite movie is so what is your favorite movie whoa um cuz wow. oh that's that's a
0: really good question. Um well, I would have to say it was the first Star Trek movie.
2: Oh, okay. With
0: Captain Kirk.
2: I was expecting The Lion King.
0: The Lion King is my favorite animated movie of all time.
2: Okay. The first Star Trek movie, um, was it just called Star Trek the movie?
0: I, you know, I can't remember. I think it was, yeah, Star Trek, I think it was, I can't remember what it was called. Star Trek the movie or whatever it was, the original first movie that they made.
2: I bet it was just called Star Trek the movie.
0: I mean, it had all the original cast in it from the TV show. Star Trek: The Motion Picture. The Motion Picture. That's what it was mm-hmm. called. Yeah, I don't know those fancy terms. So movie mm-hmm. is, movie works. Movie works.
2: Yeah. Okay. Why do you? Why is it your favorite movie?
0: Because I was a huge when I was in junior high, in Star Trek the series was on. Yeah. It was. I used to rush home on my bicycle. Yeah which was like six miles, get home in time to watch Star Trek, which was on at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah, because it was so far ahead of its time.
2: Yeah. Are you... Uh, I'm not y- a
0: truckie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: do you like uh, Star Trek more than Star Wars, though?
0: Oh, 100%.
2: Yeah. Do you think... How do you think they compare, though? Um, uh,
0: Star Wars, to me, was more of like a fantasy. Okay. I mean, it was kind of a fantasy, the princess and all that. And I just never, I I saw the first Star Wars, and I really couldn't get into it. And that's the only Star Wars I ever saw.
2: You only have seen the first Star Wars. I only saw the
0: first Star Wars.
2: Wow, you haven't seen Empire Strikes Back then, because that's supposed I have to. I've
0: not seen any of them.
2: Wow, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I saw the. Yeah, I saw the original one at the theater. And it was good, I mean, you know, the special effects and all that, it was really good, but I just like Star Trek, the characters, Captain Kirk, Spock,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, I thought, you know, because they were like on an adventure in deep space, not knowing what they were going to run into, they didn't actually have an, an enemy, they had, I guess, what, the Romulans, Mm-hmm. and uh other ones with the weird faces i can't remember who but they were called now but yeah they it was just better
2: yeah did you, did uh did star trek always feel more like grounded in reality for you or cause well you ca- yeah
0: cuz it was more realistic because it yeah. would be what it would actually be like if we could travel like that in space i guess running mm-hmm. across new civilizations i mean Going, what was the, what was the, the beginning of it? It was going where no man had gone before. Yeah, you know. So it would be what the what we would originally encounter if we had a starship and we go out deep in deep space. I guess. Hmm. And it was for its time. You got to remember, it was nineteen sixty-four, sixty-five. Mm-hmm. And the technology and it was, I mean they beamed, they had the uh, you know, the communicators, they had a computer that they could talk to. So yeah, it was way ahead of its time. Actually, a lot of um, I watched a hit special on history and they said so much came out of Star Trek that they actually, NASA actually,
2: Oh, develop. I remember you telling me that, actually. And
0: they're also working on the warp drive that the Enterprise mm. had, where you can travel like speed of light. They're actually trying to develop that.
2: Do you think we'll ever actually be able to travel at the speed of light, or faster? Mm.
0: I don't know, because the human body can't stand the g-forces. So You'd have to come up with something that where humans could withstand the yeah. g-forces from it. Huh. But obviously the aliens that are in our Oh atmosphere have figured out because they, they are traveling faster yeah. than anything any technology we have today.
2: Wow, okay. I like this transition because you just dropped a bombshell, you just said the aliens in our atmosphere, so obviously you believe that there's aliens oh, here there's among a, us.
0: There's enough proof out there that yeah, you have to believe.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Now I don't you know, the theories are well they've been here since the beginning of time. They helped the Egyptians. There's all kinds of Yeah. Carvings on the pyramids and things that you know, it makes you wonder, wow.
2: Mm-hmm. And you
0: and they still don't know to this day, nobody can build the pyramids the way they were built.
2: Right. I'm and br- the
0: pyramids line up perfectly the the three pyramids line up perfectly with the three stars in Orion's belt. Down yeah. to, I mean, it's perfect, right down to a millimeter. And they don't know how. How? How did they do it? Well, how many? Five thousand years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, makes you wonder. Now, I'm not one that's going to say, "Yeah, they've been here for
2: mm-hmm.
0: thousands of years," but maybe, maybe not. But there is a lot of proof. I mean, if you Mm-hmm. i've been watching them there's been a lot on history channel discovery channel they have video they have you know all kinds there's a lot of proof that you can't deny i think our government knows way more than they're telling us they it was a battle group off the coast of san diego and they they observed these tic-tac shaped ob- objects flying around their ships and so they had two fighter jets that were in the air, and they told mm. them to investigate. And they got pretty close. They had infrared and all kinds of cameras, and they took actual pictures of them. And then they went into the ocean at a high rate of speed yeah. and disappeared. But they saw them for days. So there's, I mean, when your military is seeing stuff, you kind of got to go, Oh. Mm-hmm. There is something to
2: this. Uh, Bob Lazar was the—he's a guy who um, I know the name. I can't remember he, who he is. Uh, he said that he—he was—he um, was hired in the 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. Oh, Bob Lazar.
0: Levo- yeah. Okay. Bob's. Yeah. Bob he Lazar. worked. He worked in Area Fifty One. Yeah, yeah, and he said that they have they had like a. And he worked for that outfit called Skunk Works, I think. Skunk Works. Mm. Skunk Works is a it's a like a s- secret name for Hyatt, like the B one bomber and all those uh, planes that we have now that are we call it stealth yeah, aircraft. Yeah, yeah. He worked on a lot of that. Yeah, and he supposedly worked on reverse in engineering. Well, I do think in Roswell, Yeah. and there's been a lot of proof that's come out. There was, I watched a two-hour special on it, and they interviewed you know, these people in Roswell were, that were there at the time. And they interviewed the, God, I can't remember his name now, Jesse, that's uh, a French last name, but he was a colonel. Mm. And he finally, when he got older, he told his story about what he found, the material, the bodies, all of it. And they said they took everything back to Area fifty one and then they put it uh they moved it all to Wright Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which is in the Midwest somewhere. Mm. So, yeah, I mean you got military people telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got, the, I can't remember his name, Lou, is that Lou Elizondo? I don't
2: know.
0: Who was the head of, he was a yeah, big military guy, and he was the head of the investigating of UFOs for the government, and he kept going to Congress, he kept going to the Senate, he kept trying to tell people they have evidence, this is real, we need to, it's a national security issue. Mm-hmm. And they blew him off and wouldn't listen to him. And so he quit. He still has his high security. I mean, he's got like a top highest security clearance you can get. And he did a, a special TV thing for a while. But he couldn't. They asked him direct questions. Can you share? He goes, no, I'm under. I I can't share things, but I know things. Yeah. And he, they asked him, does the government have... Extra, te, extra extraterrestrial technology and he basically said yes
2: so mm. yeah i don't know i i don't know <clears throat> i don't i'm not against it and i'm not
0: there's a lot of high up people in the government right now that are yeah. coming out and telling things
2: I for sure, one hundred percent. Like the thing that I believe I'm most passionate about, like belief wise, is that I do think that there's life on in in the universe besides us. I think there has to be. I think that's. I think when people say that there's no, there's no alien life whatsoever in the entirety of the universe, the vast endless universe. Why would we be? The why only would ones? we be the only ones?
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I mean, if you believe that, if you if you're a person, which there are a lot of people that believe that, if you believe that, then you're foolish yeah. to think that. Okay, we're the only blue planet in the
2: in the whole vast yeah.
0: vast universe galaxy that yeah are has living beings and life. Mm-hmm. It, there's no way it's possible. well,
2: and they and they like they twist the narrative on you and tr- <laughs> and, and treat you like you're the crazy one. Right, but it's like it's actually more. Like, when you look statistically speaking, it's more crazy to say they were the only ones. So,
0: I mean, I, you know, I have theories on it. I, being a person of faith, I thought, well, what if aliens yeah, that's and hard. God are connected?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> what if aliens are angels?
2: That's, that's a, I that's mean, an interesting thought.
0: You're, People know who I am here, right? Yeah, yeah. Your your grandmother's mother, your great-grandmother, Yeah, actually, and she was a devout Catholic, but she totally believed that there was a connection between alien life and God. Which was really unusual for somebody of such, she was very deep-faith Catholic. Yeah. And her and I had a conversation, and she believed that, and her theory was, you know, you know she was an older woman but she believed this and cuz we had a conversation about it and she was like yeah she that's what she believed you know like a kind of a cross between science and religion if mm-hmm, you will mm-hmm. and that's what's kind of coming together right now we're kind of there's a lot of people a lot of scientists that are starting to look at it from a religious aspect so
2: like specifically that
0: aliens are <laughs> angels or well you know that god is somehow connected to it Huh. Science and religion has always been right on different ends of the spe- spectrum, but they're starting to come closer together. Exactly in a lot of this theory about alien life.
2: Yeah, that was something my dad taught me a lot about. Um, like, because he's very he's he can be a very scientific person and a very and a very um, and a very uh, faithful s- faithful person also. And I think. A lot of what I believe kind of stemmed from like his ability to kind of like uh, interweave um, f- like reality, science with more belief, um, you know, biblical stuff. And I yeah,
0: and I and I think there is something to it. And by the way, I don't like the word religion. Yeah, I never have.
2: Or, but then like spirit- religion
0: is a man-made word, and religions themselves. Yeah, Baptists and catholic and jewish and all that's all man made yeah and actually the first christian religion in the world was a catholic religion now that doesn't make it right but religions are created by man mm-hmm. to you know pay tribute to god or to honor god well that's not what it to me and i'm catholic but i i say i have faith Right. I just have faith in my heart. I believe in God and
2: there there's things there are obviously things in the Bible that are extremely confusing and then kind of ha- make it hard to combine combine um science with 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 some of the stories that are told, but I think I think it's it's not impossible to do. I think when you look at the Bible less literally a lot, you can you could ask
0: 20 different religious scholars
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know in the world about just one one passage in the bible and have have them each interpret it and i'll come up with 20 different interpretations yeah and that's the bible is hard to understand
2: i think that's kind of what makes it great too
0: yeah i don't you know, there's section of it that you can follow and you understand. Revelations is really good, but, mm-hmm. you know, it it's, you know, par- parts of the Bible uh, to set and read it are kind of boring, and you have to read it over and over and over, and then you have to kind of come up, well, what does that mean? And then you come up with an interpretation. doesn't mean it's right, but.
2: Yeah. What is that? There's that movie, um, Contacts. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Do you like that movie? Yeah, it was pretty good. Kind of combines the religious religion and yeah, science. Science aspects. And I, I like that. I
0: think that's the aspect we have to come from right now. Right. I think they're combined somehow. Yeah. I, there is I mean we can call him God or you know, or Allah or
2: mm-hmm.
0: whatever, but there is some greater being that created all this and is somehow controlling it.
2: Yeah. So that's just my theory. Do you think we're in a simulation?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I know people that believe that.
2: Really? Yeah, it's like a video game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw, I watched a deal on that where there's these, I don't want to call them nut jobs, but um, since my vocabulary is not that huge, I'll say nut jobs. Okay. (laughs) Can we curse on this? I don't care that are fucking nuts. <laughs> that believe yeah, that believe we're in a video game or yeah, like uh like the matrix. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, you better go smoke some more dope and
2: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I've heard the argument that um that like um the belief that we're living in a simulation is just kind of like it's a um, it's the exact same thing as believing in a God and having a religion, essentially, but without without all of the consequences. Right, yeah. Because it's essentially everything's meaningless. This well, is just yeah, a game.
0: Well, yeah, if there's no consequences in life, hell, you mm-hmm. just go out and do whatever you want. Right. You know?
2: All right. And so. when you
0: die, then you die, and it's all over. See? And I don't believe that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's... You know, I tend to believe there's an afterlife
2: i believe that there's an afterlife I
0: mean, and not sound corny to your audience but it's okay my faith your grandma who passed away 11 years ago mm-hmm. i talked to her every day
2: well i mean how do you how do you just sit there and recon- reconcile with the fact that um like say you were an atheist right what are you gonna you just so for 11 years you're just this is just you're just going to accept the fact, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to see her again. This is all over. It's Nothing. over. It's o- I mean, maybe it's... I, I think it's the the beauty of, like, the maybe the, the hopefulness and naivety of human beings, maybe. I'm going to
0: move to Vegas and become a pimp and a male dancer, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like you have to hold on to it. You the, have to hold on to things. Yeah. You know, I mean... Otherwise, I don't know.
0: You know, when you get older as i am i got a lot of good memories and i want to remember things and i want to honor those memories you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i just i think that's just what you're supposed to do
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, what else to, do you do yeah well you're supposed to live life you're supposed to be, treat people the way you want to be treated yeah you know and i tried to treat people good unless they you know I mean, if you want to shit on me, I'll shit right back, but (laughs) (laughs) that's just the way I am.
2: Yeah. I think we got here from uh, Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Pretty deep.
2: Yeah. We went through UFOs to aliens to religion, the afterlife, all the way from Star Trek. Well, so Star Star Trek is your favorite movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, all the Clint Eastwood movies.
2: Oh yeah, speaking my John movies, Wayne but, movies. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you today specifically about just like old Hollywood and like because we talk a lot about old uh, old movie stars and older you know westerns and stuff. And I, I just think that it's kind of a fun conversation to have with you. So it's kind of what I want. I, I watched Cry Macho last night, the Eastwood movie. Oh, did you? The new one? Yeah. Is it good? I didn't love it, but it's not bad. I think maybe you'd like it. Did okay. you ever see the Mule? Yeah. Did you like the mule? Oh yeah, we saw that together. I think. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Believable. He's getting old though, you yeah, know. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting really old. He's ninety one now in this new movie. I'm pretty sure. So.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's getting up there in age. I mean, yeah. you got to admire the guy at ninety one years old. He's still making yeah. movies. Yeah. And directing and probably producing and.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's I, I you still need to watch Richard Jewell because I mean I think it's easy to watch like The Mule and cry macho and and think oh yeah Eastwood you know he's an old guy he's making these these old person movies they you know but then you watch Richard Jewell which is his last one and it's such a it's such a fast like energetic movie it's so well made yeah you need to watch that movie maybe I maybe I just think Clint should just maybe not be in his movies anymore because he's just, he's really old, so. Yeah, I mean,
0: I can see that because I like to remember him,
2: you know, back yeah his dirty hairy days. and. Well, it's crazy you look at, like, I watched Grand Torino recently, too. Yeah, that's a great movie. And that movie was 2009, I think, and he looks so old in that movie, and I'm like, crap. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he was probably in his 70s in 2008. Yeah, seven yeah.
0: But it was a believable movie, you know. Yeah, it was a, it was It good. was a movie I think that needed to be made cuz it yeah. You know, bigotry, racism, all that crap, but not I, not that I think there's a lot of racism in this country, there's not.
2: Yeah, but it, it's a it's a I don't think Grand Torino could could have been made in these last like I think that was one of the last opportunities to tell that story. Well, yeah, they're
0: not. Yeah, they're all the movies that are being made now are politically correct and yeah, not a lot of violence and not all and you know they're just they're boring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's like uh, the days of movies with very imperfect main characters I feel like are coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I love about. I mean, he's obviously. It's supposed to be funny in Grand Torino, but they're not. It's not like pro. It's 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 very much a critique also of the character. I think.
0: Yeah, it was more of a critique of him. Yeah, because he fought in the Korean War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's got a bunch of Koreans living next door to him, so it wasn't really a, about racism. No, it was just you know. Is because of you know what he went through in the Korean War.
2: I think it's about it's a it's kind of like a an examination of like that old fashioned just kind of acceptance of all of those like, you know those uh, um, racial slurs and all of these things that oh, yeah. that are that are you know that like in hindsight are funny, but then he becomes friends with these people and then he starts thinking, okay, well I should probably stop being an asshole. Now. And then so, he
0: died. And then he died for them. Yes. Yes. So. The ultimate, which I thought was, it was a great ending.
2: Which is why it bothers me really bad when people, um, when people, because uh, a lot of people hate Clint Eastwood, <laughs> a lot of people hate Clint Eastwood. So it bothers me because, I mean, he's he's making a movie critiquing that he's not. The you know, thing
0: about Clint Eastwood is, I think most people miss the messages. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. his movies, even in Dirty Harry. -hmm. Yeah, they were violent, and yeah, he was kind of he was a rogue cop and all this, but he was an an ultimate law and order guy. Mm. I mean, you know, he didn't straight up murder people, but
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, yeah, he was he was your typical law and order tough guy.
2: Well, he makes he makes like he made American sniper which I think people honestly out of m- all of his movies people hate American sniper the most people really just um, like to crap on that movie because obviously the the whole political angle of it and the the war and everything is yeah. very complicated and uh, but I think like you said I think people do misunderstand um, a lot of his messagings and a lot of his his intent also I think people really misrepresent what he's intending to do but because I think I think he critiques these he critiques these you know he's I think he's critiquing war a lot in in American Sniper and I think like we just said about Gran Torino he's kind of critiquing that old old old-fashioned mentality and that acceptance but he also (laughs) but he but it's he's so good and successful at doing that in my opinion because he's he understands it more than your typical Hollywood uh, director
0: American Sniper was about kind of the horrors of war. Yeah. It was a horror of what this guy who was a sniper went through, you know, mentally and everything. So, yeah, I mean, and people, you know, if that that movie would have been made by, you know, Harvey Weinstein or somebody, oh, it would have, hell, it would have won every Oscar in the book. But because it was a Uh Clint Eastwood movie, oh, it's violence and it's murder and it's killing and, you
2: know. I wonder if American Sniper did get nominated for anything. You know, I don't know if it did. Let me look. I doubt it. I'd be surprised. Well, yeah, the guy. Oh, it got nominated for lighting, editing. Oh, it got nominated for best picture. I know it didn't win, but I don't think it won. It got nominated. That's surprising. I'm surprised. That is surprising. Um, yeah, I American Sniper. I love that movie. I I mean, regardless of what. I mean, a lot of people just hate Chris Kyle too, but. I don't I would, I would have to say, because I, I watched Josie Wales recently, that's got to be my favorite Eastwood movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Because I hadn't, I, I had watched that when I was younger, um, but it had been a long time and I rewatched it and I realized that's definitely his best. And then like Unforgiven is really good. Oh yeah, Unforgiven's really good. Um, So, but you, were you a bigger fan of John Wayne though? Uh, I would say it's pretty equal because,
0: really? yeah, see, Clint Eastwood, I guess, came on the scene in about, what, that TV show, Rawhide. He was on for, I think it was six or seven years, and that's kind of what thrust him into the spotlight. It was a, it was a good show. My dad had to watch it. My Well, when I was a kid growing up, the only thing that was on was basically Westerns. Yeah, Gunsmoke and Rawhide and Bonanza and Big Valley. And, oh God, I think there was a Bat Masters in the show. There was all kinds of westerns on. That was
2: mm-hmm.
0: what was big when I was growing up. And Clint Eastwood came on the scene, I think it was like 64. He'd done stuff before that, bit parts. Um, but John Wayne had been around since before I was born. And yeah, John Wayne was, you know, considered. John Wayne was considered the man's man, you know. Tough guy, had his swagger the way he walked and but you know, he always wore a white hat and he was always a good guy. And yeah, he made god I don't know how many movies, hundred or more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He just started in the forties and he just started pumping movies out and he got hugely
2: famous. I actually think the only John Wayne movie I've ever seen is Red River and that's it. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of catching up to do. But Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I've always been more The original
0: Rooster Cogburn. With oh, minute Yeah. True Grit. True Grit. Yeah, yeah that I like the remake. But and uh, Jeff Bridges did a really, really good job, captured that character, but the original with John Wayne is just and maybe just because it's me and it's John Wayne, but yeah, it was pretty awesome.
2: I wonder what Eastwood and John Wayne thought of each other. I wonder if there was a rivalry there. Uh, you know,
0: I don't know, because Clint Eastwood started, he was getting starting to get famous about the time that John Wayne was getting older, coming mm-hmm. towards the end of his life, so. Um, I mean, I don't know if they knew each other. If, I'm sure they did, but.
2: Yeah. I remember uh, reading um, stories about the set of Red River with um, Montgomery Clift and uh, and John Wayne and how they did not like each other.
0: Uh, Yeah, I kind of heard that.
2: Yeah, they hated each other. Yeah. Because it was, obviously John Wayne was the more older, kind of old-fashioned actor, and then Montgomery Clift was the new kind of heartthrob.
0: Yeah, he was considered a heartthrob, and John Wayne was more, John Wayne never cared about stuff like that, I Mm -hmm. don't think. He was just, he wanted, and granted, in some of his movies, a lot of them were, it was like he played the same character. In the Westerns, you know, he wore the same yeah, yeah, clothes, yeah. the same hat, stuff like that. But he, you know, he did, he did make some really, really good movies. Um, Stage, what was it? Stagecoach was one of his really early movies. And that's an awesome movie. Hmm. It was made in the 50s, 40s or 50s. It was really good. He, um, yeah, I mean, I can't even think, name all the movies. That he made. He's, I mean, still to this day, if one comes on, you know, like Turner Classic movies, mm-hmm. I'm watching it, you know.
2: Do you think that anybody will ever, there will ever be like a modern day Clint Eastwood or John Wayne ever again? Or do you no. think? No?
0: No, I don't even have to think about that. Okay. How come? Um, Hollywood's not the same. You don't have the big, uh, seems like, and it, I I think that's true of all celebrities, if you will. Celebrities don't have the staying power like they used to. I mean, you can go back and look at, you had John Wayne and uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Montgomery Clift and... Marilyn Monroe and James Dean, James Dean, and you had all these pretty major stars that they had staying power. They did one good thing after the next, and they were making the studios a lot of money. And I think it's because of the way Hollywood is now. I mean, doesn't seem like actors, musicians, you know, people are in that genre. They don't. I mean, look at the Rolling Stones, for God's sakes. Been around since 19 in England, since the early 60s, like 62 or something like that. They're still on tour. They need to retire. They still sound good. Yeah. And they're selling out arenas. Young people like you are buying $1,500 tickets to go see them. Yeah, that's crazy. Because they still sound good. They still... Hmm. I mean, yeah, and you had, you know, in recent, you had, like, Nirvana. Nirvana had staying power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still popular. Uh, There's still some groups from the 80s, 90s, you know, that are still, I don't think a lot of them are still doing music, but they they made an impact Mm -hmm. to where now they're still... They have a following still. And, but I'm like uh, Ozzy Osbourne's son. I heard him. He, he, he's on, I can't remember his first name.
2: Mm, I don't know.
0: He's, he does, uh, well, he's got Ozzy and Jack's big tour, and they tour all over and go all these places. It's funnier in hell, but he also has like a paranormal ghost hunting show oh really but he did an interview and they were talking to him on some show and what he said I believe and he's he's not I don't know he's he's probably in his mid thirties early forties I'm not sure not a, still a young guy and he said that we he says we as society, he goes, everything peaked in the 90s. Yeah,
2: yeah. And has
0: been downhill since.
2: I, I don't disagree with that. And
0: I totally agreed with that. And he's right. Music, mm-hmm. TV shows, movies, our society as general. I mean, look at all the crime and crap that's going on now. I mean, it's...
2: Well, and, yeah. But
0: he, he's right. We peaked. Especially, you know, like music kind of peaked. And now... I, I, somebody somebody gets on YouTube and sings a song and they're popular for five minutes mm, until the next one comes along
2: that's not yeah that's tough because I definitely agree with music especially uh, music especially is
0: I I you know you have all these like you have American Idol and you have the voice and stuff well nobody gets famous off of them mm-hmm. you know nobody they win but you know they might get a record deal, and they might make one record. But, uh, you know, Kelly Clarkson and uh, what's the other gal? The country gal off American Idol. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood are the only two that ever got famous off American Idol. I don't know anybody that's been on The Voice and has been on a long time that's gotten famous Hmm. that I know of. I could be wrong, but...
2: I I don't think he's a modern equivalent (laughs) to Clint Eastwood, but I think that the, the closest actor the the one actor I can think of the modern day actor who's been able to maintain a stardom for as long for super like a long time and I think that we'll remember him go in in the future is probably DiCaprio Leonardo yeah yeah
0: and I would also I would put Bruce Willis in that category
2: really Bruce Willis maybe I don't know oh yeah Bruce Willis but he does a lot of crappy movies now um. Yeah, he, I mean, he, you know, he, he got, a, I mean,
0: he's done some, he's done great movies. He's but done yeah. a lot of great movies, but he's, yeah. you know, Yeah. I bet you got to put him in that, he's kind of in that genre.
2: You'd probably say Stallone.
0: I would say Stallone, you know, even though he did make some,
2: you know, the Rocky
0: movies were really good. They're <laughs> classics. Rambo. Rambo is a classic. Um... He ended the Rambo series, which was, I I liked the way they did it, you know, when he, he was older and he came yeah. home. The, the only problem with, was always the time frame. He wasn't, the character itself wasn't, I. Stallone's like my age. Yeah. I mean, he was old enough to be in the Vietnam War, but it, sometimes they didn't use him. In the time frame they were in, I can't explain it, well, it didn't fit, you know what I mean?
2: Oh, okay. His age. I see, I see. It wasn't as believable as it yeah, could be? Yeah,
0: sometimes it, you know, I always thought, well, he's too young to be in this oh, time frame. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: I thought. But, I, you know, they were good movies. Yeah. Know? Kind of believable. The ex-Vietnam War bit that kind of went dingy.
2: Yeah, we just watched the. We just watched First Blood. I had never seen it. Really? I mean, I would never seen it.
0: Yeah. Have so. you seen the last one?
2: I haven't seen the very last one. I've seen First You Blood. need to watch the
0: last one. They did a really great job yeah. of finally it's over, it's ended. You know, I won't tell yeah. you what happened, yeah. but yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. Mm. And I like the Rocky movies. They, they even ended that, so. Yeah, I well, they're they're doing Creed still. They're doing Creed still. Well, yeah, Stallone's doing that. But you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote all the movies? hmm And he wrote... The original Rocky, and he took it and yeah. tried to sell it. Nobody would take it, and then he finally found somebody. I think he produced it on his own.
2: Yeah, that's what's so cool about like Stallone and Eastwood is they they have they they play such an integral part in their own movies because slowly Eastwood just started making his own stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I think Josie Wales might have been either the first or one of the first that he.
0: That was one of the first he made because he was in the the three spaghetti westerns. With yeah, 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 Sergio, whatever his name Leon. was, Sergio Le- Leone. And those kind of made him a big star. Yeah,
2: I need to rewatch those yeah. as an adult. And then after he did those, then he he kind of came into his own right. So, like your theory, your theory is that like um, it's it's um, just harder to maintain that stardom in modern times yeah, or because
0: of basically you know a lot of it because of the internet because there's always people on the internet yeah, doing YouTube and stuff and you know like Justin Bieber mm-hmm. got discovered by I can't remember that uh, I think it, I don't know if he was a rapper or a singer I Usher remember. I think I think it was Usher yeah. that discovered him on the internet and made him a huge star but uh, he's not Bieber's not as big as he used to be. He was the shit for a while.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think I think what's great about now is that anybody can can reach that level of success, whereas like it was so exclusive back in like Eastwood and John Wayne's days. Yeah, but it's but, so, uh, but I do agree with you. Like, it's fleeting. It's f- yeah, like people. It's like a the one hit wonder kind of thing. Yeah, like, you're, you're just famous for five
0: minutes, and then they move on to the yeah. next one. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I think I think there's pros and cons. And I
0: think somebody I heard that there's only like uh, because of the internet and everything, there's only like two record companies left
2: mm.
0: in the hmm. United States. I mean, there used to be several, but now I think I heard two or maybe three. So yeah, you can get a record deal, but they don't make records anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't make CDs anymore. They you know so if you you can't go out and buy an album anymore. Well, l- Al- you go on the internet and download, you know, the hit song that's out there by mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood or whoever, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. There's only three major... Oh, yeah. Uh, record companies. Ma- major major record companies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, vinyls are, I mean... You, you vinyls see, coming back. Yeah, they're They're nostalgic, but... But they're expensive. They're very expensive. Yeah, You yeah, pay yeah. like a hundred bucks for an album. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh,
0: instead of like nine ninety five. I suspect
2: VHS is going to go in that direction. VHS tapes, um, they're already kind of getting there. Are they? Yeah, because I guess it's like if you find like a horror VHS movie, you got to buy it because those are really those are worth something. Really, I think those are. I think in about twenty years we're going to see them just take do the. It's going to be the exact same thing as the vinyl situation.
0: That's my theory. Yeah, see, I don't. I don't, I don't think all this technology is a good thing.
2: I think it's good, but I wish you could just cut it, cut it off at the knees, and just say stop. Because we're just going to keep going, going, and going until things are just unrecognizable, and there's going to be, you know, we're just going to keep pushing the envelope until things get worse and yeah. worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And then we have to start backtracking. Unfortunately. Yeah. There's just no way of stopping it. You know. No. It's kind of like the the AI thing where, like, we've seen all these movies where they make artificial intelligence and it goes wrong, and it's like we all are aware of the things that could go wrong, but we can't seem to stop doing it because it's too exciting.
0: Yeah, everybody has to have the newest iPhone or the yeah. newest, you know, whatever. Hmm. Whatever, you know, and they, they'll pay thousands of dollars. They'll buy one, and then six months later, a new one comes out, and they go buy that one. Right. And why? It all... Does the same thing. It's a goddamn phone, you know.
2: Yeah. Um. So, I wanted to ask if you heard about Norm Macdonald. Yeah, I heard he passed away. away. Yeah, are you were you a big Norm McDonald fan?
0: Yeah, I was. He was on. Uh, I just watched a deal on him. They did a uh, tribute to him on Fox. And he was on Saturday Night Live for five years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And back during the O.J. Simpson thing. Yeah. And he come out and he did a comedy routine on Saturday Night Live about O.J. Simpson and the whole deal. And Lauren Michaels, who is the creator of Saturday Night Live, was big time buddies with O.J. Simpson. Big time. And... It made him mad. The next day, he fired Norm MacDonald.
2: Yeah, because he'd been making jokes forever about OJ, and they oh, kept, yeah. kept told, telling him to stop. And
0: Yeah, and Lauren Michaels fired him. And I didn't think that was right. No, no, no. Well, comedy's dead, too.
2: Yeah, that was another thing I kind of want to talk about. Like, just. Does old Hollywood? Does uh? Does old comedy die with these people? Like when Eastwood dies, is that all over? And when norm- it's all
0: dead, it's already dead. Yeah. Look at um, uh, God, who is Mr. Insult? Um,
2: oh, uh,
0: can't remember his name. I'm R- Rick- Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Mm-hmm. You know he would. Oh, my God. He'd do a stand-up show, and he would just point to people in the audience and just ridicule the hell out of them. yeah, you know make oh, you're, you're what are you a Jew or and he was Jewish, but he'd you know he'd make fun of Jews or he'd make some some lady's dress or he'd you know some way, yeah, he would just ridicule people. But it was all in fun because mm-hmm. the real side of Don Rickles, he was a very nice guy, but that was his style of comedy. and it was hilarious. That's all gone. You can't do that anymore. It's you can't do that. You might hurt someone's feelings. You might mm-hmm. insult somebody. You you know. Yeah. Yeah. So comedy is kind of dead.
2: A lot of comedians nowadays don't seem to have much of a backbone. It's it's usually the older ones that have to like yeah like if somebody gets you know um mobbed you know because they said something that people didn't like yeah um. It's unfortunate that some of mo, a lot of the younger comedians, especially, will just um, add to the to the to the mob stuff. So yeah. it's usually the older comedians that either don't say anything or stand up for them.
0: Yeah, and their style of comedy. I mean, I mean, if you if you are watching HBO or something like an HBO show comedy special, yeah, they use you know colorful language, mm-hmm. but. Even that's starting to kind of die down a little bit. You know, they're not as... They don't go up, you know, never cross the line, but they don't go up to the line. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're so afraid that they're somebody's going to get offended. Well, if you're going to get offended by going and seeing a comedy act, don't go.
2: I don't think comedy's for you if that's the case. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, it's... there's I watched... Uh, I watched one night, the other night on Amazon. The guy was hilarious. He, in fact, he reminded me of Don Rickles. He was, eh, he was probably in his late forties, but God, he was funny. And he was ad libbing and picking on people in the audience.
2: And- mm. Did you ever watch uh, the last Comic Standing with Norm Macdonald? Because that's how kind of I, I found.
0: No, I don't. No, I don't. I think I watched that show a few times. Yeah, and for the most part, I didn't find any of them funny. Yeah, most of them
2: just—they just sucked. I think. I think Norm talked about after the fact that he it was kind of tiring because he had to fake laugh a lot of the time or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just kind of the same. It's like the same. Uh, I don't know, copy and pasted kind of routines that yeah. they do. Do you know who Josh Blue is? Mm-mm. He is a comedian. He has cerebral palsy. Mm, I don't I don't know.
0: And he's hilarious. He was just on America's Got Talent. Oh. But before that, he was on... He won the last comic standing, I don't know, a few oh, years back. Oh, did he? Back. Okay. And he's, you know, like this. And he's, you know, he's got really bad cerebral palsy. And he's funny. But I remember watching him on last comic standing. And his whole routine is about funny things about having cerebral palsy, okay? Like can't brush your teeth and, Mm -hmm. you know, or stupid stuff or people make fun, you know, say stuff to him and he goes, what the hell do you think, you know? Okay, then he was, uh, he did an HBO special, which was really funny, but same thing, routine about cerebral palsy. He was just on America's Got Talent and he did, every routine he did on America was about cerebral palsy and what, he goes through in life. You know, funny stories. Mm-hmm. And he makes them funny. But I was watching, and I was like, okay, the guy's funny. He's got long hair. He's married. got a couple kids. And and it's terrible he has cerebral palsy. And it's good that he can laugh at himself about it. But maybe do some different stuff. Yeah. Because if you're going to do that same thing over and over and over... People are gonna get tired of it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying, get get some other, mix some other stuff in your routine.
2: Yeah, because it's gonna get old quick, you know, if you only have one thing. So. Yeah,
0: you got one thing you're focusing mm-hmm.
2: on. Especially if they want to give you like a show to do or something. Right. You know? Yeah. Do you uh, or some modern comedians that you like? Do you? Well- Rickles that are like still alive though. Is he still oh, alive?
0: No, he died. Mm. Still alive? Oh, God. Um, well, George Carlin
2: didn't he pass away? He passed away. Oh.
0: He, I love George Carlin. Yeah, you know he, I the guy was hilarious. He you know he had routine about my stuff. Yeah, and I got to I have so much stuff. I got to buy a bigger house so I can. Get more stuff to put in my bigger house, and you know, it was just in a way. The way he has routines were. Louis Black, I like. Lewis he's still alive. Black. I don't remember. Um, he's trying to picture his face. He is kind of political. Yeah, old ones. There's not many old ones. I mean, they're all. Carlin is dead. Brickles is dead. Um, Norm is gone. Norm's gone. Yeah, I like Norm a lot. Mm-hmm. He just had a different take on things.
2: Yeah. And he could mix it up a lot, too. Yeah. He's not predictable. No, you never know where he was going to go. No, no, no.
0: I mean, he was always dry and blunt, but still. Rickles was just... Rickles and Carlin are probably two of my favorites, but they were just worlds apart different, Yeah. you know? Rickles was an insult comedian, and George Carlin would just come up with just everyday mundane things.
2: Well, Carlin could get pretty political, though, right? He started getting a little political towards the towards end the of his end. life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that that he got more angry and more liberal as time went on. Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. There's just not a lot of good comedians around right now because everybody's afraid, and they talk about it on um, yeah. shows about they're all afraid. With their material, what they can do, mm-hmm. without insulting somebody or you know, doing something that they don't like to cancel culture and they get canceled, you yeah.
2: know? Uh, what was I gonna say? The, um, oh, I had a, I had a person, hold on.
0: That happens to me like every five minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poop, I don't remember what his name was.
0: Actually, I gotta look and see if I put underwear on today.
2: <laughs> I did, okay. Okay. Ricky
0: Gervais? Why do I know that name?
2: British dude. Oh, Ricky Gervais.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. You saw his Oscar. Yeah, he pissed them all off. Oh, yeah. That was good. And he told them to go after themselves. Yeah. Because didn't they ask him to come back and he told them no? I don't remember what happened. Something, yeah, he, and I, you know, I like the guy because he's honest.
2: Oh, say what? Uh, say what you wanted to say about um, about how uh, we never used to know anything about the old actors, and now, you know what I mean? Like oh, you know
0: about their personal
2: lives yeah, and yeah, their yeah. politics and their yeah. religion and Let's end on that. End whether on
0: that. whether they're gay or straight or mm-hmm. LGBTQ or whatever. Yeah, we never used to know any of that. You didn't know anything about. John Wayne or... I mean, you knew a little Frank Sinatra. There was always rumors he was in the mafia and I think he probably was. But, (laughs) you know, you didn't know everything detail about them or what their politics were or, you know, because they were strictly about making movies or making records, entertaining people, you know. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You didn't... You know, and you didn't, I don't know, I guess, you know, when I was a kid growing up watching John Wayne, I don't know if I even thought of him as a real person. I just saw him on this big screen, and, you know, he was like a macho man, and I thought he was cool. and um, You knew they were real. I mean, just, you know, I mean, knew a little bit about Clint because he had some bad relationships, but
2: yeah,
0: it wasn't... You know they didn't. They didn't really tell a lot, the press and stuff about celebrities back in the day. It was kind of, if they did something. It was kind of covered up a little bit. I mean it. You know, unless they did you know like OJ and murdered their wife. But you know, if, you know if they got a DUI or something, which they kind of didn't report it. You know, because yeah. it wasn't really anybody's business. You know. And you don't want to know everything about somebody that maybe you like or idolize. Well, now or...
2: every celebrity has a Twitter page, so
0: yeah, you know everything about their life, and it's like, wow, more information than I need to know.
2: Yeah, you know, never just... follow celebrities on. Never follow celebrities you like on Twitter. It's just not. Ugh. Yeah, because you hear all their. it's all the same too. It, you think you're you 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 think you, which were... is
0: fine. I you know
2: yeah. You know, it's like I said about
0: Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Seahawks quarterback. And I was, you know, how big a Seahawks fan I was. And then he, uh, back when Trump was running for president and he got on Twitter or whatever it was, Facebook or whatever, I can't remember. And Probably
2: just, Twitter, I don't
0: know. Oh, and just unloaded his political views, which, okay, that's fine. He has a right to his views and to vote for whoever you want, and that's why we live in America. And... We can agree to disagree. But when you're, to me, a celebrity, or, you know, which, to me, sports people are celebrities, they're entertainers, Mm -hmm. they're there to entertain us, movie stars, singers, whatever. Maybe you're going to, by spouting whichever political view you have, whether it's right or left, you're going to alienate Basically, happier fan base. You know what I mean. So maybe, maybe you should dial it back, or maybe you shouldn't do it. You mm-hmm. know. You know, keep your thoughts to yourself. I mean, I was always told you never discussed politics or religion growing up, and people never did. People didn't talk about politics. They didn't talk about religion, and that's yeah, that's all we want to talk about now.
2: Well, I think the one thing with social media that's this isn't like a new thing, but but if there's one thing social media has done, it's 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 made everybody think that their opinion needs to be about ava- like valued to some degree. Yeah, and I think people forget that like just because you have a thought doesn't mean everybody in the world needs to know what that thought is and doesn't exactly. mean that it's profound or anything. No, just we all have opinions. We all have ideas, but. Yeah, you don't need all... to preach. Just because you have a million followers doesn't mean you need to preach your thoughts. To... Yeah,
0: I mean, I have a you know a lot of things that rattle around in my head, but it doesn't mean. Yeah. Sometimes I'll sit down and write something down that I think maybe something I hear, right? Know, a, a saying or something that I like, and you know, I I have a thing that I pulled off a calendar that says I don't particularly understand your specific kind of stupid. But I do admire your commitment to it, and that fits with what we're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. don't be stupid. Don't put every stupid thought that you comes to your head, like you said, on the internet. I mean, <laughs> People are stupid. <laughs> we're all stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have stupid thoughts and ideas that we should probably sometimes not say. I say them all the time and think, mm, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs>
2: Did it happen on this podcast today?
0: Um, God, anything? I hope not. You say anything? I tried not to. I tried to maintain, you know, mm-hmm. some sense of decorum.
2: Maybe that maybe that was weird for people to watch Not So Amazing and then watch this and be like,
0: Hey, that, oh, guy, that guy's halfway normal.
2: Yeah, he's at least sort of normal.
0: Yeah. I mean, he did say that... I know I'm not normal. <laughs> I've known it for years. But. Yeah,
2: but you're not a hillbilly.
0: No, your grandma always kept me in check.
2: So, okay, welcome back. Um, hope you enjoyed that conversation. Hope, hope really hope you did. Um, I'm, am happy to have been able to get a podcast out there with him. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. So I hope it was, hope it was good. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, now before we go. Not much else to talk about, but I do want to talk about Norm Macdonald, like I was talking about earlier, and how I wanted to kind of, you know, talk about him a little bit, because he did pass away today, on the day of recording this, and, um, I'm a, I'm a big Norm Macdonald fan, and, uh, yeah, I kind of just wanted to take a moment to talk about, you know, what he, what I guess he, he's meant to me in my life, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I first discovered Norm Macdonald, um, watching The Last Comic Standing, a show that was on, like, on NBC or some shit, and, uh, or maybe, maybe it was on Comedy Central, I don't remember, but, you know, um, it was kind of actually my first, um, um, it was my first, um, what's the word, um, introduction to, uh, stand-up comedy. I had never really, I think I was, like, 14 at the time, I had really never given much thought to stand-up comedy, and it wasn't really something I even gave a shit about, but I was watching last Comic Standing, and I was really into it. And I think he was hosting with Roseanne, Roseanne Barr, and one of the Wayne's brothers. And um, I remember thinking, "Wow, this—I don't know who this guy is, but he's an asshole. I don't like—I don't like him. I don't like Norm Macdonald. He's—he's kind of an asshole." And uh, a couple episodes go by, and I'm starting to like really listen to him. And he's starting to make me laugh. He's starting to make me laugh. And um, I was like, "Okay, this guy's." This guy's just on another level of, like, fuck everybody else. I'm gonna say what I want to say. And it, it took me a while to understand that, especially being younger. And I grew this appreciation for him as time went on, and he actually kind of ended up being the reason why I was watching the show, um, which is kind of a funny arc. And then after the last comic standing came to an end, I think that was the only season he was on, I was slowly introduced to all of his time on on um, SNL, and... Uh, his his uh, time on you know doing the weekend update and uh, some of his uh, more like famous skits. I, my favorite was always the Celebrity Jeopardy where he was um, doing his Burt Reynolds impression on Celebrity Jeopardy. I thought that was always that was always my favorite my favorite shit. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, Turd Ferguson. That's that's super funny. Um, so. Yeah, him and uh, Will Ferrell going back at going going at it on a uh, SN on a uh, SNL on the Jeopardy was always my favorite, and then uh, obviously yeah all of his time on Weekend Update and I was I always watch these compilations of him on Weekend Update and especially the OJ stuff because I wasn't you know I wasn't very familiar with the OJ stuff until I I watched all of his um his Weekend Update stuff him shitting on OJ Simpson for just. Man just an endless amount of time is just so funny and uh, my favorite thing I remember when I when I found this This joke on for the first time on YouTube And it was it was something that he said on SNL and um, I remember thinking okay well this guy is something special if If he's got the balls to say this on live television This is this is the video that gained me all of the respect in the world for Norm Macdonald and uh, it's something I think about all the time um and, and if somebody asks, um, you know, what what I feel like this is the perfect representation of Norm, um, and it's probably is one of might have, might be his most famous his most famous line. But I feel like if any if people don't know who Norm Macdonald is, this is like the joke to show them. And uh, I also think this might just be like the most ballsy, most hilarious joke ever told on television. So here it is.
1: Thanks, I'm Norm MacDonald and now the fake news. Well, it is finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California.
2: Just so goddamn ballsy. I just love it. That's just hilarious. This smug look. Yeah. So that was basically my first um, introduction to Norm um Norm McDonald. All of his weekend update stuff is the SNL stuff and on last comic standing. And then as time went on, you know, I, you know, the more time you spend on YouTube, I just found just a plethora of just endless amounts of footage of him telling jokes and roasting people and being on talk shows and just it, just such an interesting sense of humor. I have to say, like he is the the definition of a fuck everybody I don't even care what you think kind of comedian and I think that he's he's very special in that regard and maybe one of the last the last to have that kind of mentality and I think that's why he's so important to comedy because um, one thing I learned about from Norm Macdonald is you you never you never tell a comedian that they can't joke about something and I feel like that's something that happened with O J Simpson they told him hey you can't can't make jokes about O, o. J and then just that's what just unleashed the floodgates, and he was just like, "Okay, well, I'm only going to joke about O.J. now." So, um, you never tell a comedian not to joke about something. So that was something I learned with him. And I think the thing that surprises people about Norm Macdonald, and surprised me for sure, is is he's not he's a very smart guy. He's a very smart person. Um, one of my favorite things that he ever said was the um, um I don't know I don't want to say it's famous, but it definitely I he seemed to be the first he he was saying what everybody was thinking i think and he was he was the one who had the balls to say it and it was something to the extent of president it was about trump it was about when trump was in office he said president trump is really good for bad comedians and i think that was something everybody was thinking but he just had the balls to say so that was one of my favorite norm Macdonald moments for sure and here's here's the here's the he was he was on a talk show or something here's the bit where he says that it's really just just a, i mean It's not the smartest thing ever. I mean, again, I think lots of people were thinking it, but he had the balls to say it on television and he had the intellect to articulate it correctly.
1: So comedy in the time of Trump, is it more difficult than it was when you were on Saturday Night Live? It's more difficult in in the time of Trump for good comedians and it's way easier for bad comedians, you know. You don't have a worldview by just saying you don't like Trump. You know what I mean? That doesn't count. Like, uh, you can't, uh, you can't just
2: say I hate Trump and, and that makes you a good person. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's always, I remember watching, that was where I was like, I respect this guy. Ah, man, I just... I just have a lot of respect for him as a comedian and as a person. That, that takes a lot of a lot of a lot of guts to do that. And I um and again, I think it's what everybody was thinking at the time. I think he was the first person to really really just put that out there and then everybody was like, "Okay, yeah, you're not wrong." And then if you joke about Trump after after this interview, you're a moron. So the guy had a really funny side and a really smart side. And he and he also had a he he just could roast people and I think that was something that it was very apparent when he was on the last comic standing, because if he if he didn't like somebody, oh my god, he did not hold back. He did not hold back, and yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that. The, dude, the dude's blunt, that's for sure. The dude's blunt. So overall, I mean, with Norm, I just, Norm Macdonald, I have a lot of, a lot of respect for him, and he's a hilarious comedian, and um, uh, yeah, I think he's one of the most important ones we had, and will ever have, personally. Um, and I hope comedy won't go with him, because... He was he was definitely one of the best, and he was one of the um, the most fuck everybody else. I don't care what you think, kind of comedians out there, and uh, I think that that's what made him so special personally. Um, and I am I think my, one of my favorite things about Norm Macdonald about his you know all of his time on television and the internet and talk shows and everything is definitely all of his his appearances on Conan. Those were always really fun. Um, so I would say seek out those those um, Norm Macdonald Conan O'Brien um, interviews. There, I think there's multiple. There's probably like three or four of them or something. Maybe even more. Um, those were always those were always my favorite. Um, it gets just super goofy on there. Super goofy. Those are special. Those are really special. This is one of my favorite moments. I'll probably just leave it with this. Um, yeah, uh, check out some Norm Macdonald stuff. Um, you will, you will not be sad that you did. It's not you will not waste your time compilations whatever because there's a lot of there's so there's endless endless hilarious stuff with Norm Macdonald. So go check some of that out. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Hope you enjoyed this one. Um, we'll leave it at that. I'll uh, play some of this this clip here and we'll we'll end there. Um, so yeah, gonna be watching some Norm Macdonald stuff and I hope you do too. Um, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks everybody. All right, we'll play this, and yeah, I'll see you later. Bye bye.
1: One time I was in uh, Niagara Falls, and uh, by uh, gosh, I went over to the uh, uh, Sea World there. You know how they have the Sea World, you know, with the different fish, you know. I be- didn't know that, but okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Beluga. The Sea World. I've sure. been there many a time. Okay, so I was checking out the beluga whales and stuff, and I look over, and who do you think I see? I hope it's that guy. No, it was, uh, uh, it was just an attendant, but uh, but he showed me to the place I wanted to see, which is where they feed the, the little baby dolphins, because I love dolphins, you know? And uh, who do I see there but Jacques de Gatineau. And here he is, he's feeding the baby dolphins. And I go up to him and I go, Jacques de Gatineau, I, I feel shame for you, you were our hope. You were to go to Canada, uh, uh, Canada's nation's capital of uh, Ottawa. <laughs> and you, you were to be a great man, Jacques de Gatineau. And we were all, uh, you know, we pinned our, all of, all of Timistiquemine, Quebec, <laughs> pinned our hopes on you. Now that's a, that's a hell of a burden for a man to have a town's hope pinned on them, isn't mm-hmm. it, Conan? It is a lot, big burden. So he was feeding these baby d- uh, dolphins, you know, and I said, I'm ashamed of you, Jacques de You could have done so many great things. And he said, well, he said, I think I'm serving a youthful porpoise. Now I believe that. Uh... No, no. I knew that
2: was gonna happen. You, I knew that was gonna happen. You don't encourage that. Uh. It's like that was a 40-minute story! It's like somebody... Youthful
1: purpose? Youthful purpose? Yes. Uh, not purpose. I don't know. Good God. <laughs> I know. That was, that was way out of line. No,
2: that was I way know. out of Who it's are like you to criticize saying, Oscar Pistorius? <laughs> it's like somebody saying, I got to show you something. They take you on a four-mile hike to show you a dog turd. <laughs>
1: Well, there's your reel for CBS.
0: Cue music.
1: Now let me see your war face! Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Why, well, you going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Wait here for a little while, see what happens.